We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. Week 14, DraftKings picks and preview each position. If you want to play in the best tournament on DraftKings, it's super easy. Hit the description, click the link to the Pat Mayo Experience open, and play in it. Three max entry, $15 to play, no rake, best contest on DraftKings. You double your money even if you just cash. That's the best part about having a no rake competition. I'll see you at the bottom, everyone who loses, and some of you might even actually win. Well, I'm guessing that people watching this are playing. And I don't know, maybe you're sharing the links to Ryan. Please don't do that. I need the clicks on the show. That's the whole reason that it exists. Well, that, and it's a great contest. So you should definitely play in that. Also, if you want to get the optimizer, the projections, head on over to ftndaily.com. Code Mayo gets you a discount off on the already discounted item. You can find that link in the description as well. There's Cuss Corners just popping up on Mayo Media Network. So smash the like button to the episode. Give me your favorite defense sleeper in the comment section. Go become a subscriber to Mayo Media Network. We're on a push for 20K subs in three months. It'd be super impressive. I mean, I don't want to glad hand Barry Horowitz myself over here, but it's been the contribution of all of you tuning in. I'd like to get to that 20,000 number by the start of 2020. That would be awesome. Highly recommend it if you're looking for MMA picks. The Dog and Pass podcast is out on Mayo Media Network right now as well. So check all of it out. Joining me to break down the slate, 13-game main slate this week, Ben Raza from Awesomeo.com. Sup? What's up, man? Yeah, 13 of these bad boys. I, I was saying to you before the show... A couple extra games, it makes all the difference. Not in a good way. These are monster slates to break down. Maybe we'll try to compress it a little bit, because this is the thing that I've been having issues with throughout the course of... I mean, I think everyone struggles with this problem. It's like, where do I narrow everything down? Like, do I just say, hey, I only want to play guys from these four games? And is that a better way to approach this slate, or are you always just looking for weird one-offs? Because I always talk myself into some sort of stack that sucks, and then now I lose all my money. Yeah, it's a fine, it's a fine line. I, I know how that feels. Like 
you've got so many games and depending on what tournaments, I know that's kind of a cop out, but it's true. Like if you're playing in a monster tournament, you're going to have to structure differently than if you're playing in the small field or a single entry. So got a lot of options. That's the one good thing. We got guys at every price point up and down each range at each position to, uh, to discuss. Well, let's go and kick that off with running backs. Then Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry are the three most expensive. Christian McCaffrey was limited in practice on Wednesday with a quad injury. Maybe that pushes some ownership off of him, but just looking at it here, I'm guessing this is the first week where Delvin Cook's not going to be the mega chalk just because he's going up against Tampa. And I kind of agree with that being the most expensive guy. Like If McCaffrey's playing, I'm playing McCaffrey. That's how I usually win money on DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing when he first came back, all it took was some coach speak to, to throw everyone off, including me, that there was going to be a timeshare. He may split some carries and he was back to his usual workload. So you mentioned it, Delvin Cook going against Tampa's front seven Coming off a game, I mean, he salvaged in overtime, but it wasn't the best vintage Dalvin Cook, but this matchup is going to deter a lot of people, including me. Maybe it's a week to jump on because sometimes matchups don't matter, do they? That's very true. I will say, though, one of the matchups that I do take notice of is Tampa's front. They are very stout. Now, he's going to get the volume. We know that. Yeah, he, no he's Madison. Going to, yeah, no Madison. can catch the ball. They need him. They're... I mean, I don't think they're a serious playoff threat, but at the same time, they are just by a product of the extra wild card. So low ownership Dalvin Cook is always enticing, but you've got McCaffrey. And then as we're going to work down in this range, you're saving a couple thousand dollars to a lot of guys in really good situations. So the tier below that, the like between six and eight K running backs, Aaron Jones is the next most expensive who salvaged his day last week, that long run at the end of the game, 7,600. James Robinson, 75, starting to get a bit expensive for old James Robinson. Kamara is 71. Eckler is 7,000. That's down in price against Atlanta, who sucks against pass-catching running backs. Carson, Gibson's probably going to be out for this game. Zeke got banged up in the Tuesday night game with a calf injury. We'll see with him. It's a nice spot at 6,600 against Cincinnati. David Montgomery's finally up in price. He's 65. You got DeAndre Swift. He's also 65. He returned to practice. Mike Davis is irrelevant if Christian McCaffrey is playing. No Alexander Madison. Josh Jacobs probably not going to play against Indy. We'll wait and see with him. Then you got Mostert, Sanders, Ronald Jones, Jamal Williams. It's like DraftKings couldn't figure out what to do with a lot of these running backs prices, so they suck them all in this range. Oh, it's a, it's a massive range that you just rattled off a bunch of guys. And I think the first question is what's going on with the saints QB. I, I know that's a different question, but obviously if it's Drew Brees, Kamara at 7,100, he's going to be massively popular, but he's also in a fantastic spot. The, the targets will immediately go back and the price is depressed because of Taysom Hill. So He's at the top of the board for me. I think that's pretty obvious, though. Yeah, I don't think that Drew Brees is going to be back this week. I'd expect it to be now. I believe the report I saw is like they're hoping to have him back for week 15. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I know he's eligible. So obviously, if he's ruled out, uh, that would change that. Then you've got, I mean, I think in general, the Chargers, of course, it's going to be a buyback spot after what happened last week. Eckler and the entire team was non-existent. But now they get Atlanta, which is a fantastic matchup at home again. Full point PPR, these add up quickly for for Eckler there. And then Carson, I didn't know what to make of it. I'll ask you, Pat. Carlos Hyde just is annoying. He he was getting the carries. Then last week he was non-existent. I mean, they're almost two touchdown favorite. If Carson's going to get the work at sub 7K, I I could get there for sure. Well, I played a running back against the Jets last week, Ben, who was almost a double-digit favorite, and uh, he wasn't very good. Booker season. (laughs) Yeah, I... 
if Seattle doesn't win this one going, we're coming off that bad loss. Um, they need this game obviously. So my plan right now is to probably try to steal some salary at running back. I like these guys in the low sevens, high sixes. It's not to say more than the top end guys, but the opportunity cost to me is really great when we get to these other positions. I think I'm just going to go down with the McCaffrey ship here because I do think that people will be deterred by that price point, by some of the injury news. Just like the best week I've had all year was the one week where Christian McCaffrey played against Kansas City because I just used him in every lineup. And all of a sudden, now I came fifth in my contest. I came third in another GPP. Like basically paid for my entire season because no one wanted to use him. I'll donate back to the Christian McCaffrey fund just a little bit to everyone back out there if he's going to be back. And again, everyone's going to want to play Derrick Henry, won't they, against Jacksonville? Of course, yeah. I mean, everyone... Derrick Henry, obviously. Not, not that that's a bad play. <laughs> no, no, it's certainly not. I mean, we know we just saw it against Indy and last year against Jacksonville, he absolutely crushed them. It can happen. It's just, again, the Titans are a weird team. Obviously I don't expect them to fall behind by like 40 points like they did last week, but Derrick Henry is just so dependent on touchdowns. I'm sure he's going to find the end zone, but he probably needs to do it multiple times here. Uh, especially if you're looking at McCaffrey getting back in the mix and these guys who are cheaper that just don't need as many raw points to pay off their value. So the three that really jumped out to me from a value perspective, you were talking about the guys in the low sevens, and I agree with you. If Breeze plays, play Camara. That's, that's, I guess, lock of the century. Chris Carson, I don't know what's going on with his touches, not to say that he can't have a good game, but I'm looking at, I can't believe I'm going to say this, David Montgomery at 6,500 bucks. I, I yeah, used, man. He probably should be chalky, and he likely is going to be chalky but him Zeke and Swift 66 65 65 I think those are the guys I mean David Montgomery he uh he space jammed Tariq Cohen I don't understand where this (laughs) when he went down I was not thinking that his target share was going to increase like this uh if he's going to get that type out of the backfield uh it really helps him now Chicago's a disaster I bet Chicago last week you know how that went I did too yeah, uh, it's just awful. Just awful. But 6,500 against Houston, I like that spot. Then you've got Zeke. Uh, assuming he's good to go, I know Zach Martin not being there is a problem. But again, these matchups are just so juicy. Cincinnati's awful uh, against the run. 4.7 yards per carry. That's 29th in the league. I'll go to Zeke at these appealing price tags and try to steal salary. Yeah, and Swift returned to practice uh, on a limited basis on Wednesday. If he gets in two fulls, I got to think with the new head coach, Celia and I talked about this on the ranking show, which everyone should go check out. Same as the spread show, which is already out. That if he gets into full practices, they have a new head coach who presumably wants to get a head coaching job in the NFL at some point that play your best running back a lot. Just do that. Is that too hard? I mean, I I thought that carry on would get work with Swift out and that didn't happen. So Um, I don't know what to make of it. I would hope that Swift would take over again. Now I, it was, what was it? Was it a concussion or is he sick? I'm, I'm just confused. Why is he out? So he was out originally on Thanksgiving because of a concussion, but then he passed concussion protocol last week, but he was sick with something, but it wasn't, it wasn't the vid. So okay. he's good to play this week. And apparently he's back at practice. He looks fine. So, yeah, I mean, that's all good news in the sense that there should be no pitch count of any, like he's either in or he's out. And if he's in, should be all systems go obviously uh, against it's not the best matchup with the Packers, but that's a good price point. Yeah, I, I'm going to take like these split backfields. Although, is there any way we can be duped into Miles Sanders once again? Because with Jalen, you hurts at quarterback. There should be like ample running lanes if they give him the ball. 
I mean, that's so if they give them the ball, that's the problem. I don't understand. I know that they've been trailing and they've obviously haven't been good, but I just can't believe the volume for him. Uh, he had one target against Green Bay, 10 carries uh, against Seattle, six carries, three targets. That's just not enough for a guy this explosive. So I've been playing him. You know, you don't need much to get over the field because he's so explosive, but I'm really worried, and I don't think Hurts being in there is really going to help the cause much. So that there's like a little mini range of all of these kind of guys, like Mostert, Sanders, Ronald Jones, Jamal Williams, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the guys who are not the full-time running backs and their backups. I'm just going to cross them off. Then we got Jonathan Taylor, who's kind of in the same situation too, and everyone's going to be sucked back in because of last week up against the Raiders, a terrible run defense. I think we're going to take a pass on that as well. To drop down to this next little mini tier, Gallman, Gaskin, Drake, those three. I mean, you could probably lump Taylor into them too, but I think that one of those three guys is the play. Can't figure out which one. I'm leaning Gaskin. Yeah, I'm leaning Gaskin too. You know, he he's getting the opportunities, and he had chances to score against Cincinnati last week. Several of them just well, couldn't well, do it. I mean, Miami only has two plays from the one-yard line. Dive from Jumbo right up the middle into like <laughs> 80 guys or fade to corner. That's it. Those are their only two plays. Sad. I mean, this is... Uh, I can't tell you this is a whole different show. My variance this year on one yard, like I could, I had Zeke last night, just three, three, just stuffed. I cannot get a one yard touchdown and Gaskin uh, did not run well either, but if he's going to see 20 plus carries and obviously in a game like this, they're probably going to be trailing. So he may sacrifice a few carries for a few targets. I will gladly live with that. I'm a Wayne Gallman fan. I just didn't know Alfred Morris uh, from the dead could impact that. I'm a little worried about what we see there. Do you worry that if, let's say, DeAndre Washington comes back or Salvan Ahmed is active or Malcolm Perry, that it does take away from some of Gaskin's share? Because he had all of it to himself last week. Yeah, I mean, it's nice when he has a monopoly on it. I worry a little bit, but I still think that he's going to have opportunities in this game. Price is reasonable. Uh and these other guys, like I said, you can make a case for, for all three of them in a way because Kyler, I don't know why he's not rushing, and that directly impacts Drake. So I get it. But to me, Gaskin has more paths to success than the other guys. So the only other one I was, I mean, if we drop to the bottom of the fives, could you go back to Devontae Booker if Josh Jacobs is out? Oh, God. Because no, no one I, will. I, no one will go to him no, or, or Naheem Hines this week. No one will. That's definitely true. I wasn't on Booker last week, so for me to jump on would just be – a little too dangerous. Hines, listen, his, his abilities is electric. Just, you know, the volume is an issue. I, I think obviously if Gibson sits, McKissick, you know, especially if they're trailing, he just gets so many targets in that offense. Uh, at 4,900, it'll be a pretty obvious pun. I think so, but I... I love J.D. McKissick, and the last time I said he had no upside, he actually finally scored a touchdown. I think that's four in his four-year career. That's always the issue with him if you're trying to win tournaments, that he's not going to hit 30 points. Maybe you don't need 30 points at this price point. But Gio Bernard is $100 more against Dallas. Like, I know he hasn't been good, but Joe Mixon's going to sit again. Like, he's the only guy getting carries back there. And you got Ryan Finley likely playing quarterback, who's a bit more mobile. Maybe that opens it up a little bit for him. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really understand, not that it really matters when Burrow went down, why they didn't go to Finley uh, immediately, but you've got options. I think here, really, the reason you're going there, it's not to say McKissick or even Geo couldn't have a good game. It's that you're saving salary to do something in a permutation that you just can't do otherwise. If you want to pay, say, for McCaffrey and Devontae Adams or something, you know, different, and that that type of salary savings can can allow you to do that. Yeah, Melvin Gordon's there against a soft Carolina defense. That's 
kind of intriguing if it wasn't i mean if he didn't have the name melvin gordon the third sitting there i'd be like hey it's a good matchup for a guy who gets like 60 percent of the carries and with philip Lindsay still banged up too but i'd kind of go lower what do you make of ty johnson if frank gore sits i mean uh, he looked i don't know if it's because it was not frank gore but obviously he looked explosive uh, every time i looked up the guy was running wild eclipsed 100 um i just don't know exactly of course, what to make of it. First step is what you mentioned. What's the status of Frank Gore? But if he has the backfield to himself, I guess the question is, do you think if they get absolutely smoked that he can make up for it with targets? I would think so. Like, why wouldn't so he? So would I. If he's the guy, like, they're not throwing to Jamal Adams. Like, that's not happening. Jamal Adams? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's, that's his name, right? Josh Adams. I'm thinking. Yeah, Jamal Adams was a Jet. <laughs> yes. He's on the Seahawks now, and, he, and they're playing him this week. So I'm just getting yeah. very confused. Jay Adams, getting it confused in my head here. But if Ty Johnson's going to play like 70 percent of the snaps, he's going to be on the field. Yeah, I mean they don't have any. P Ryan obviously isn't walking through that door, so I, I think that's the key. If you think that he can corner the market on what will probably be a lot of dump offs late in the game, 4700. I have no problem with that either. Yeah, just below that, like Fournette and Peyton Barber are there. Peyton Barber is the, probably going to be the one seeing the carries from the two-yard line if Washington gets down there, not J.D. McKissick. So if you think he can score three touchdowns, 4,400 <laughs> is not a terrible price, but that's going to come along with, I don't know, nine yards rushing as well, like in a very vintage Jerome Bettis-type game. And then Fournette, like you just have to, if you ever play Fournette, you just almost have to believe, oh, this is just the week where they decide to bench Ronald Jones for no reason, which they do. From yeah, time you, to need, time. <laughs> you need the fumble. Um, but then Fournette ends up dropping all the balls and then he gets benched. So I, I don't think I'll go this slow. I get again, I get it. There are some guys, but you're really drawing thin if you dig this deep. I think Ty Johnson with Gore out is the lowest I would go here. And like, I have no interest in Gurley. Do you yeah, agree on both rooms? No interest in Gurley? Not really. No. Yeah. And I think I like Geo over McKissick. Let's say Swift sits again. Would you play AP against Green Bay? I wouldn't, but I have a problem because I am convinced. No one will convince me otherwise that it shouldn't be carry on. And that's just not the case. Uh, I, I have such a, I hate targeting teams that, you know, he, they're not going to give him obviously volume in the passing game. And I do think they will lose the game. So it's just a weird game script for him to get there. Uh, switching to receivers, is there any of these top-end receivers you would consider playing as a one-off and not as a part of a stack? Um, Let's see. Uh, yeah. Probably Keenan Allen. But all of them, this is, this is why running back is so difficult because you talk about you want to get those guys up top. You couldn't ask for better situations for most of these guys. I mean, Metcalf gets the Jets. Keenan Allen gets Atlanta. Uh, Tyreek is Tyreek and then Devontae Adams is also unstoppable so it's just going to be a matter of how many can you fit in and like you just mentioned are you playing Rodgers are you playing Wilson or are you using them in other stacks I think you just go Matt Ryan Julio Kelvin Ridley and then figure out the rest from there interesting and then Keenan Allen on the run back or Eckler on the run back Keenan Allen's down to a 20% market share of targets in the two weeks that Eckler's been back not to say that that's like a trend by any means but it's far fewer than his 36% which he had seen before Eckler came back yeah yeah, that wasn't that the case I mean it's just so hard because Devon uh, we saw this last week you mentioned how Aaron Jones got there he got there on an 80 yard touchdown run Green Bay had multiple plays from the one yard line and they just continuously throw it to Devontae Adams. It's basically their running play on the goal line. And if, if they're going to do that every week, 
his floor is so high. Even at 9,300, it's hard not to look there as a starting point. I, the only other, like, I was trying to think about, think through the stacks this week. So I like that one a lot. I don't know about Kansas City and Miami. Like, you can always play the Kansas City stack. It's probably smart to do that. But if there's a team that can shut them down a little bit, it feels like Miami's defense is kind of geared towards it, like Minnesota against Tampa Bay, just in the face of all the other options. Well, they, you know, Thielen, Jefferson, and Cousins could come through for you that I'm looking at all of these other high-end options and, like, they're all really good. So we have to start making cases against guys. Like, bad matchup there. Kyler's kind of banged up. No DeAndre Hopkins. Michael Thomas... I mean, 7,100 is actually not a terrible price considering he gets like 95% of the target share in New Orleans. They just happen to throw 15 times a game now. That I, It really does bring me to who, like the Falcons guys because the Chargers don't stop anyone or both the Seahawks. And just hopefully this is finally the game where DK and Lockett just both go off. It's against the Jets who suck. I mean, we saw this, I don't know what week it was, several weeks ago when Kansas City played the Jets and everyone was trying to find runbacks and worry about this. And it just turned out all you needed to do was just stack the obvious guys on Kansas city. Don't even worry about the run back. Uh, we could see that obviously you've got a $1,200 difference between Lockett and Metcalf, but you could just try to capture it all and hope, you know, Russ throws for five touchdowns amongst the two of them. That would have to be the move. If you play like, if you had to play one of them, would it just be Metcalf? Cause the upside is higher. I think so. Um, now I never get those guys right, but I, I I do think that his upside is normally it's Tyreek and it's not to say that he can't have another monster game, but if, if there was one guy I was worried about absolutely just ending the slate this week, it would be D- DK Metcalf. It would be him or actually Julio would be the other guy for me at 6,600 bucks. Like this is such a juicy matchup for him. He just, he can't stay on the field, but when he does, he's good. <sighs> Do you have any interest in Allen Robinson? Or is it Trubisky just that bad? It could be just that bad. Like, what the problem with Allen Robinson is, like, what's the upside with him? Well, the problem is that, yeah, if he has to find the end zone somehow. But even, yeah, maybe that's the way that you play it. If you can somehow stomach fading all of these top guys and just build your core with Allen Robinson, Julio Jones, and I don't know. I don't want to use Houston. Maybe I, McLaurin. Houston's awful. Godwin. Maybe Robbie Anderson at 62, just because DJ Moore is dealing with this ankle. Curtis Samuel is in like COVID contact tracing. Maybe it just opens up more targets for him. That's the other part about what you're talking about with McCaffrey. Like if, if all those guys are gone, Christian McCaffrey might have to touch the ball 35 times. Like they might not have a choice. The only other ones I can like it above 6,000. Like I, I don't want to pick and choose between the Tampa guys. Cause I just don't know. Like I don't love playing Cooper on the road. So I don't want to touch the Dallas guys. Debo's dealing with a foot injury, but Debo's actually in quite a nice spot here. Like the front seven for the footballs, pretty good. Secondary, not so good. The good thing about Debo a is you just mentioned, it's a fine matchup. He's a damn good player and everybody's going to go to Ayuk. Um, so unless you're talking about stacks of Mullins, which I don't think a lot of people are going to do anyway, people aren't going to play Debo Samuel just as a product of that. So you'd get direct leverage off one of the chalky guys at Ayuk. Now, he's $1,000 cheaper, and he's in a great situation of his own. So it's not just an automatic uh, pivot. Any of the 5K guys interest you? Like Marvin Jones will likely be covered by Jair Alexander if Kenny Galladay misses again. That's not great. Corey Davis, 5700 bucks. No, no, Corey Davis, the, the Titans. I mean, that team, 
when Tannehill gets the opportunities, when they're down by like, like 40, they really rack up the points. But I do think it's probably more of a Derrick Henry game. Do you not? I mean, I think Ayuk is going to be really popular and it's probably warranted. Yeah, that's good enough for me just to not play him, to tell you the truth. <laughs> no, I mean, if, if you can survive ones like that, you can you can certainly pick up uh, and even leverage against it if you find someone. I, I looked at Devontae Parker, but I'm not really there, to be honest. I don't know what we see with the volume with two. I do think this will be an opportunity for him, but still not loving it i'd rather have fitzy back there you could have chark at 53 that's a pretty soft matchup and he did have seven targets last week yeah i mean jacksonville always provides some hidden value it's just who god chark he's killed me a lot this year that's a game that is an interesting game obviously we've seen the titans in terms of when you you mentioned at the top of the show like stacking up games they have been part of a lot of games that have gotten out of control this year and Either if you're going to the Tannehill stack with A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, uh, Shark could fit into that game stack pretty nicely, actually. The only other, like, 5K guys is at the very bottom. Like, Hilton, Lazard, Cutie, Pittman. Like, I think you can make a compelling case for all those guys, but I don't think that they're substantially better than some of the cheaper guys. No, I mean, I think that's where you get more into secondary options. Like, if I play Lazard, Rodgers is going to be uh, on that team. I don't think that's a one-off play for me. Pittman maybe could stand on his own. He's a good player. And uh, still, though, Indy's very tough to gauge. They have so many different guys. Are there any cheapies that you would consider? Because it doesn't look like Denzel Mims left Jets practice to deal with personal issues. He had to fly home. I'm not sure what's going on with him. But because of COVID protocols, I don't think that he's going to end up playing on Sunday, which would really open up Perriman, who's 3900 bucks against Seattle. Yeah, as bad as the Jets are, and believe me, they are bad, uh, they provided wide receiver value pretty much all year, whether it was Barrios or Jeff Smith or Perryman. Um, so you've got whoever's left standing there, I guess, Tim Patrick, obviously Gallup. Um, he, I really wish he didn't have that big game yesterday because I, I kind of wanted to target him regardless. And now at 3,800, I have a feeling the ownership will, will creep up. Can I chase Chad Hansen at 39? I didn't. Did you know that was a person before? No. Okay. I like, I had so many guys on Houston and Chad Hansen was catching balls. Like, can I play him here? I um, I don't, I, I guess, but I wish he was the flat min. That's, I would just rather play Perryman. I would rather play Perryman as well. Colin Johnson, I find is somewhat intriguing is Mike London a, loves him. He's a big dude. Um, yeah. I mean, again, these are, these are guys that I'm going to try to fit into specific team builds. If I play someone like Colin Johnson, uh, you're probably going to see AJ Brown, Tannehill, um, maybe even another Titan on that team. Yeah, the only other one I can really think of, he scored a touchdown last week, is Quintez Cephas, who was Paul's shout-out as, like, the min, the min play guy last week, and he ended up in the end zone, so it would have worked out. But if Galladay sits Alexander on Marvin Jones, presumably someone needs to catch the ball, you'd think? Yeah, I mean, they've, they've stated, you, you know, the new coach, he wants to get some looks for some of these guys, and he did find the end zone. You're drawing... Obviously, again, with Galladay sitting, you're going to have to have a miraculous play or two, but you don't need that much at 32. That's like, I I, I will say I looked pretty closely at Cam Sims. Because um, he made that one-handed catch? Yeah, that's really all it takes for me, but <laughs> nine targets against Pittsburgh. I just don't, 
again, I don't know if you need to go this low uh, unless there's a really build that you're in love with that that really taps into your salary. Well, last week for the Lions, Marvin Jones played 94% of the snaps, Muhammad Sanu 59, Danny Amendola 49, Cephas 46, my guy Spiru Agnew, who they finally started to use after I like bet him to score a touchdown on Thanksgiving when they didn't use him, 24%. So maybe Sanu. I mean, Sanu is definitely not the play. What am I talking about? <laughs> yeah, I'm not playing Sanu. He, he ruined, I mean, he was one of the many reasons why Thanksgiving was just god awful, but uh god dd westbrook what a what a sad state of affairs he's out isn't he isn't he out for the year oh yeah no no don't play him i'm just looking at his year a nice one catch for four yards impressive stuff yeah. then, he got, then he got hurt on special teams that's why they, they need to keep their their top end guys away from special teams there's just not much down here to be honest okay tight ends feels like there's two moves you can make pay, pay for kelsey who is in a perfect position to attack this Miami defense in the middle of the field, or just pay for Logan Thomas at 33. <laughs> so you, you definitely, this is why I was saying at the beginning, this is the one benefit of 13 games. You can do anything at tight end. You can pay all the way up for Kelsey. You could obviously take what's an obvious Logan Thomas. I think you could go lower than Logan Thomas uh, with some absolute creative players. You also have guys like Kasicki, Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry, Tanyan. These could be parts of stacks. Uh, one-offs potentially in the mid fours and and those guys to me are all playable what about Dalton Schultz as the pivot off of Logan Thomas so I do think that there's opportunities to pivot off of Logan Thomas Dalton Schultz would be one of them this guy he's get he gets looks from Dalton it's a good matchup Uh, now what is wrong with this guy he didn't practice god damn it uh I do think that Tyler Eifert might be a megamind genius play if he plays at 3,100. He's another Jaguar. Targets up for grabs there. I don't think it's crazy to go to him. Again, large field tournament if you're looking to get away from Logan Thomas chalk. You know who uh, played Tyler Eifert last week? Pat Mayo. <laughs> Not bad. No, it was bad. <laughs> Why? What happened? Because oh, I played him as a part of a Mike Wait. Glennon stack, which well, was that... winning every contest after 10 minutes. Yeah, I, and then I also just remembered that Waller had like 60, so. Yeah. Unless you went double tight end. I did not. Did you see that people were like upset with the millionaire winning lineup last week? Like, who cares? Because of the the flex thing? Yeah, they're like, they, oh, they played, a late, they played an early guy <laughs> at flex. Like, yeah, I don't think that's the optimal way to construct a lineup, but like, you don't need to be triggered about it. No, yeah, and ni- like, is it optimal? Obviously not. Could it, in theory, burn you? Definitely. 99% of the time, it doesn't matter at all. Um, so, yes, of course, for swaps and stuff, you don't want to do that. I, I did see a little on my Twitter feed, uh, but that's Twitter's got a lot of issues. What about Cole, Cole Komet? Komet? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's probably the best, like, pure value on the tight end part of this, like, 2900 bucks. He's running more routes than Jimmy Graham. He's finding the end zone now. It's a pretty soft matchup against Houston. Like, it makes a lot of sense. Him... Trubisky, Allen Robinson stacks. Well, if you just want run to run it back with you, Chad Hansen, if you just <laughs> save now, all come the, on now, save all the money. Yeah, then you can then you can play Devonte Adams, Christian McCaffrey, probably one more of those guys. I, I mean, that's a bad idea, but it's not the worst idea I've ever had on the show. Well, when you win the million dollars with that lineup this week, you will now take over from the guy from last week. People, are like, can you believe this idiot? One <laughs> yeah. million bucks. Yeah, talking about trigger. He, he should give it back because that lineup is not optimally constructed. Like, fuck off. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that guy's real worried. Yeah, um, sweating it. Yeah, I wish I had those problems. Believe me. Uh, yeah, did I you, don't think. Did, did you end up winning a bunch of money at Mayakoba? No. How? I had Wise outright. Yeah, I had Wise outright too. But I'm thinking from DraftKings. Both, I guess Grio had a terrible Sunday, didn't he? Yeah, I did fine. Um, it was a two part. Not that we need to tangent to this. One, I was just like, you know what, Ben been a long golf year let's focus on NSL. i played probably like a third of what i normally play volume wise and betting i was really close to really good things with wise and he came unfortunately in second yes yeah, so, uh, as we discussed on the show and we previewed we that, did i ended up getting in on him at 110 to one fortunately i live in a place where he can play the each way so he paid 29 and a half to one to come inside the top five so i was happy with that i would I'm have glad to hear that yeah i would have preferred the 110 to one i'm not gonna lie to you I would have too. I really wish you cashed that ticket. It's funny because at the end of that show too, we were like, we didn't even talk about Vic. That means he's probably going to win. I remember vividly both of those conversations. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, any other tight ends? Like if Johnny sits, like everyone's just going to go to Ferkser. Yeah, I, I don't, I would rather play Schultz, uh, to be honest. I think he's just in a better position. Ferkser, you know, if you're game log searching, it looks a lot better than it was. He was not involved at all he wasn't recovering fumbles for touchdowns like the other tight end uh he got there in garbage time you know when they were throwing late in that game if irv smith sits again and he did not practice on wednesday would you roll the dice on kyle rudolph against the bucks like him and gronk are really intriguing to me in that game yeah i mean rudolph's obviously at an appealing price point now i don't know what would happen if rudolph doesn't play uh i don't i guess I guess they go to Tyler Conklin. I'd be lying if I said I knew anything about him. So we would have to dig in to who, if anyone, would be viable if they both sat. Because Kyle Rudolph also did not practice. Yeah, but he's just old. He probably like yeah, he fell asleep and didn't wake up like on Wednesday. It's like, all right, it's okay, Kyle. You've been in the league 87 years. You can get the playbook tomorrow. Yeah, that's probably what happened. But just in case it didn't, we'll have to... Who's A. DePaula? I don't know. Well, A. DePaula... Do you have uh, DraftKings open? Uh, I don't actually. But I can, uh, I, this I can guy's got quite a picture. Uh, DePaula D D E P A O L A. I'm not going to lie to you. DePaula. I, I'm looking uh, right now in what I'm searching on on the FTN optimizer, and uh, he's not in the field. <laughs> it's yeah. Don't, don't play this guy. I just didn't know he would have a picture. Anthony D Podesta. Don't play him. Quarterbacks. Anybody else? No, I think, that, I think that's it. Yeah, we've done, we've gone deep enough at tight end. Yeah, Tom, just Logan Thomas, Dalton Schultz, your boy Tyler Eifert, Travis Kelsey. Pick one of those guys. Kasicki. I don't like Kasicki here. I just don't, I don't want to attach my team to Tua. Yeah, I, I, I will. It's a fair point. Tua does freak me out. I just, God, if he's going to get those type of targets, it's, going to be good I, I i'm interested to see i think this is actually a pretty important game for tua he's gonna have opportunities i think he needs to play well yeah i would like to see them win this if he wins this game and herbert loses to atlanta like does he actually become a viable rookie of the year candidate oh. i herbert's just been so fantastic but until like the last three weeks when he's been bad he's slowing down there's no doubt about it but i'm i'm you're talking to the wrong person i'm a huge justin herbert guy all right Let's talk about Justin Herbert because we're talking about quarterback stacks. Like that feels like the game you should attack this week. Chargers, Falcons, no one's playing defense. They're just going to air it out the entire time. Terrible running games. Let's go. 
count me in. Yeah, I mean, coming off a, a game against New England where everything went wrong for just abysmal performance. Back at home, competitive game, fine total, reasonable price. I, I don't see any red flags with with going to either side of that game, to be honest. If not, then I think you're just stacking the way that you want to go. It's not like you're going to play a one-off quarterback like from the top end above, let's say, $7,000 anyone that you see that you would really want to play because i'd probably be russell wilson for me not to say i don't want to play mahomes but it's a lot of money and people are going to use them yeah i I think you're i mean you're not going to go wrong if i had to pick a quarterback it would be aaron Rodgers. i think he's the safest he would be like where i'd go for cash uh russell wilson just because of the stackability with with his two big guns watson's in a tough matchup mahomes is mahomes so You've got it. There are no standalones because Kyler now, I don't have the answer, of course, but three straight games of only five rushing attempts, that has absolutely crippled his upside. And if he's going to continue not to run, it's hard to play him. It's basically impossible, actually. There's actually two standalones that I think you could play, like just because you don't know who to put them with. I think Taysom Hill, you could play by himself and just hope that he rushes in the touchdowns. That's one. And Brady at 69. It's a great matchup, and I have no idea where the ball is going. Yeah, Brady's been tough all year because obviously the difference between Taysom Hill, he gives you the extra out. You could play him alone and he could run it in twice and you get there. Brady, the thing that's tricky, obviously he can spread it around. He could rack up massive totals. Somebody though, most likely, because those prices on the on the receivers are reasonable. So someone's got to get there. It's just, I get what you're saying. It's very hard to prioritize the target share with like eight different guys. Do you know who the computer likes as the second best value of the week? I'm sorry, the best value of the week. At quarterback? Yep. Trubisky. Matt Stafford. Ooh. Oh, man, I don't know. I mean, he did have a big game. I didn't realize how big of a game he had last week. Was it three touchdowns, I mean, three, three touchdowns 400 yards? Yeah, the vo- I mean, the volume should be there. They should be trailing. Obviously, he's got the issue with the thumb. It's just a weird stack. He is cheap. The, the, the Lions stack is very cheap. He obviously can run it back with Adams on the other side, too. Jalen Hurts, 5,100? Yeah, I don't know what to expect with him. Obviously, I come a little from college DFS, where Jalen Hurts was like a, basically a cheat code. Um, like, he was just unstoppable. I, I, I'm I, He's another one, and you're talking about standalone. I guess there are paths where Jalen Hurts is pretty ineffective, but he runs for, say, 100 yards or something like that. Uh, you could do that and just hope that the rushing upside gets you there. I Just looking at the bottom here, Ryan Finley, 4300 bucks. Like, he also runs. He's playing Dallas. He's $4,300. <laughs> 43 Maybe I'll play him just to say, I don't think I've ever played a quarterback that low. Um what would you even do though? Would you play him with Higgins. like Higgins or Boyd or something? Just, or? just just Higgins and just hope he goes off. Higgins is awesome. I, I'm a Higgins guy. I respect that. I mean, again, I think if you do that, I know I've kind of said this a couple of different times. The reason you do that isn't because you think they're going to go nuts. It's because you think that the combination of McCaffrey, Devontae Adams, and Metcalf, all three of them go nuts, and this is one of the only ways to do it. That would be one of the only ways to do it. That's what I'm saying. And then if that's the case, the raw points that you pick up from those guys will make 
you know, even if he has a serviceable game, it can get you there. You would need need like 250 yards, two touchdowns, and both of them to go to Higgins. That's the only way it really works out. Yeah, I mean, you you would obviously have to get something from them, but if if you were the only or or one of the few people who are capturing massive point totals from three top-end guys, that can set a floor for these type of players where they have to do something, but they don't need... 30 it's not like you need finley to get you 30 um he just can't get you six that's not going to get it done if you had to choose a 5100 quarterback would it be hertz mullins darnold or glennon because glennon might be in the best spot here so glennon to me is clearly in the best game um and that obviously is enticing uh boy i think it would probably be glennon or or as crazy as it sounds i think the second for me would be hurts just because we don't know and when you don't know there's always a chance maybe he is maybe it is all Wentz and hurts gets in there and he's running around and he's unlocking some stuff and he's his price is gonna you know soon enough be 6500 i guess that is possible all right defenses close this here we go i think that if you can find a way and I never do this. I never pay up for defense. But Saints D against Hurts, like if you wanted to hedge against Hurts actually just being bad, that could be the way to go. Just so – could it be the way to go? Absolutely. It's just so hard for me to spend money at defense when I can use it most of the time elsewhere. Sure. Uh, listen, if you're just playing like pure value and you don't care about price point, I think the Saints – even the Seahawks are pretty good values, like even price points per dollar based on the upside that they could have. Obviously, you would need them to score a touchdown. We need the Saints to score a touchdown to justify paying up for that price. But I, I never really look at the ownership of defense, and that's sort of my fault. But like, what do the high-end expensive defenses usually come in on? Do, do people still pay up? No, I mean, they, they garner some interest, but not in any... You know, defense is kind of like quarterback, too, where ownership tends to be pretty flat unless there's a like a Kendall Hinton situation. But, but but even then, like that, I think they were still, the Saints were only like the seventh highest scoring defense of that slate. Like it wasn't a great spot with the guy running the ball the entire time. No, I did not. I went to the Jets. That's what I'm saying. And that slate, I played the Jets. They were $2,100 and they got nine points. And I was thrilled. Um, <laughs> then the Falcons got like 40 and it, I lost anyway, but that's neither here nor there. So yeah, Seahawks at flat three, but as you work down, I think there's several defenses that you you can look to, and some are in you know in the mid twos, and that's pretty enticing to steal a thousand dollars. Let's see, Falcons twenty four, Bengals twenty three. Those are probably the two. Jets twenty one. <laughs> I've been playing the Jets. I don't know if I can do it here. What about the Broncos at twenty five? If McCaffrey's healthy and the passing game options aren't great, like. T- Teddy Bridgewater, he doesn't get sacked a bunch. He gets the ball out quickly. He doesn't take a lot of, like, high-chance throws. They're all, like, short, intermediate passes that are high percentage. Like, it's hard to pick him off. Yeah, that's fair. I It's more to me if they are down multiple weapons on the outside. Uh, I think that could help. Then you've got, like, I don't know, the Niners against Alex Smith. Either side, I guess Colt, whoever's under center for the Giants, it's not like they're not immune to doing some stupid stuff for the Cardinals there. That's probably a range I'll look to to land if I can. I mean, if you're going to go to 2,700 for the Cardinals, why not just get up to the Seahawks at 3,000 3, or even the Bears at 3,000? Like, there's no one left yeah. on the offensive line. 
for Houston. And even Pharaoh Brown, who they've been using a bunch to block, he's probably going to be out. Watson has no time. And it's not like Watson's not going to put up points, but he's going to take like five sacks. Oh, Watson. I mean, he is the like the absolute test case, similar to Jameis, of guys that they can get there in games when they throw like multiple pick sixes. He takes sacks. He makes great plays, but he also makes multiple mistakes in almost every game. So uh, I'm with you. In fact, I, I actually kind of want to change my point there. I will try to find the extra $300. <laughs> and get to those two if not uh, actually now that you, you kind of talked me into this maybe i won't end up paying up the top of this 2800 is pretty good here so you have the bears at 3000 seahawks at 3000 washington against san francisco seems pretty good to me and the bucks against Kirk cousins this is what i'm saying especially so the other thing that you have to consider is some of these defenses are on teams or going against teams that are going to be somewhat popular stacks so like you're you're directly leveraging in some of these spots. So if you get it right, you're also killing teams by a product of that. Like if for some reason Tampa's defense does all the scoring, then it's pretty hard for Brady to have like 50 passing attempts in that game. So keep that in mind. That's one of my favorite ways to leverage uh, is actually with a defense and hope that it kills some stacks in the process. All right, that will do it. Pat Mayo experience week 14 DraftKings picks playing the listeners league. See, I told you we wouldn't go an hour. We're getting late into the year here. Easy, easy game. Yeah, we breezed right through that. Week 14, no problem. The fastest way you can lose money, the Pat Mayo experience. You you get to experience it the same way I do, just very quickly. Yeah, I do. I play in it every week. It's a good time. <laughs> Have you ever won it or, like, come close? So I, I said, I was talking to someone the other day about this, and I was saying I've had some really sick wins. One thing I have never done, though. I've never won or even been remotely close to winning the Pat Mayo experience. I had one run in golf earlier this year before the COVID break. I think I came fourth and I came fifth a few weeks ago that in like week eight during the NFL I have season. To, yeah, I'm, I'm going to win it, but I know I have not. I, I've had some like top 50s, but nothing that even was a sweat. I needed, week. I needed four more points from Jordan Howard that week, the week that he started against the Cardinals <laughs> and he just couldn't get there. I'm going to win it this week just for, for the viewers out there. I'm going to play that Trubisky stack in there with Chad Hansen. I like it. Social experiment. I'm going to win the pass. If I win with that team, that would be a, a great capper to 2020. Well, you'll be invited back on the show in 2021 if you win this week. Okay. Um, then I got to do it. But what are you guys doing for like the holiday? I guess, how are the bowl games work? Because you do a ton of college football. Like, Are you breaking down all the bowl games? Uh, that's the plan. I know it's going to be a little hectic, but yeah, show on Saturday mornings over at Osimo, uh, me, me and Matt Kajewski, DFS and betting. So if there, if there are slates, we will be doing a show for sure. All right. Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League, hit the like button, rate and review the podcast, subscribe to ftndaily.com, use code Mayo for the optimizer. When I was talking about the computer that I was looking at, there we are. That's what I was looking at. It spit out the right answer last week in terms of the $3,000 receiver. Nikhil Harry was the answer, Ben. And all of a sudden, he catches a touchdown. Computers know things that I don't. So sometimes I should probably trust the computer instead of hand-building my lineup like a goober. Every time that I use the system in the optimizer, I tend to do a lot better. So maybe I'll go back to that this week. I'll get to spit out three lineups for me, and you know, then I'll end up tweaking it and losing. But still, it'll be nice to see what I could have won when I should have just used that lineup. It's already discounted. Code Mayo will get you a discount on everything, along with the projections, the cornerback matchups, and all the premium content over at ftndaily.com. I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Experience. Experience.
Vince. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.